0: I've got a story, I've got a story, story.
1: A regular read of the latest LGBT+, trends, TV, and the ever-expanding world of drag. Hello there, I'm the Velvet Snatch, and this episode I'm joined by our delicious Thotter Stew. Hey. Our Zadalicious Zaddy Michael. Buongiorno. (laughs) And she worked on a ship once, but she doesn't really like to mention it, our very own Downtown Abbey, Scott.
0: Hi there, matey. Aye, aye, Captain.
1: (laughs) And from Downtown Abbey to today's extra special guest, drag race royalty from season 10 onwards and silver-tongued songstress, The Vixen. Hello there.
2: Hey, hey.
1: How are you doing? Are you enjoying yourself?
2: Yeah, I'm having a good time. <laughs> How's lockdown been for you? It's been good. I'm in the I'm in the uh I've gone from self care to self help phase. So I've mm. started working out. I just got back from the gym, so I, I still feel good. Got endorphins
3: flowing. Well, well good for good for you, man. Keeping up the gym, I I have not kept that. <laughs>
1: well they're they're all closed for us at the moment but uh you know but you can still do it in your home i mean i i I have it where you know when you exercise and you feel better like you have a better day when you exercise in the morning if you just do 20 minutes of like yoga or like just running on the spot or something yeah and then and then it's really hard then you still have days where you can't get out of bed or where you're like i'll just have another lie in even though i know it'll be you know it'll ruin the day
2: Yeah, that's definitely where I am now. I've I've had enough days where I feel good after working out that if I don't work out, I feel guilty. Mm
0: -hmm. I don't quite get that. I'm at the stage right now where, because it's really cold and snowy and horrible here at the minute, that I much prefer to get on the couch with the dogs, with a blanket and watch Desperate Housewives.
1: (laughs) That sounds (laughs) a lot more fun. The difference is you have a full drinks cabinet. (laughs) Exactly. That sounds great. Yeah, Cheers here in
2: Chicago that. it's it's very snowy and cold here in Chicago too mm-hmm. and it gets really it gets dark really fast. So I force myself to wake up early because I if you know, just gotta get some sunlight out of the day. Mm-hmm. So I force myself to get up early and then I usually still procrastinate for about two hours and then I do a morning stretch and I'm lucky I have a gym in my building so I go and I don't do much. I just run on the elliptical machine and then maybe lift a little bit. But um, mm-hmm. it makes me feel like I did something for the day
3: speaking of um things being locked down and stuff that very sparkly backdrop behind you how long has that been there since lockdown like when was it put how many months ago was that put up
2: oh so i um i've been i've been back home since june i i started quarantine at my mother's house in louisiana and i turned her guest bedroom into a full-on drag studio so i have giant backdrops and ring lights and all of these things so this is the current backdrop i also have a green screen and a white screen for project for projection but today it's black sequence that's been my um theme for february
3: (laughs) okay i like that that's good good.
1: (laughs) how have you adapted to you know because a lot of queens that were so used to doing live work and cabaret work and whatnot like have had to change to having online shows and stuff and a lot of people have kind of struggled with it how have you found it
2: Um, It actually came really easy to me, I think, uh, because I was one of the queens who auditioned a lot for Drag Race. So I was very used to making audition tapes and videos. So um, making music videos for performances kind of came easy because I'm very used to editing. Mm. Uh, And so it really it helped me bring out an old skill I hadn't had to use in a while. And um, I definitely boned up and learned some new tricks and editing and projection and green screen is something yeah. that um, I didn't know how to do before, but now I love it. It's so much easier to create a background in post than it is to build a set. I started like just building these elaborate sets for every performance. Yeah. And I'm like, oh no, I can just paste that in later. It's <laughs> much better, <laughs> much better.
0: Do it in post, do it in post. Mm -hmm. no it's the one thing I think I would have struggled with had I been doing stuff like you are during this particular moment in time because I as much as I can surf the internet go on YouTube all that kind of stuff when it comes to like actually producing cutting editing
2: stuff I may as well be my grandmother (laughs) 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 no idea it's fun but it's very time consuming um you know if you go to a A regular gig, you know, you throw a couple outfits in your suitcase and you hop on stage. Um, it usually takes me about three days to complete a project and it's um, one of those days is just editing and that's a full 24 hour day of just eating <laughs> eating, and editing
1: it, it, <laughs> it's, it's really scary to think about because I've got to do performances at the moment and it puts me off knowing that I can do all of the filming within like half a day or you know like and do all this stuff but then I'm like oh but then I've got to lose like a week you know doing all this editing and, and you know and you just want to get back to a stage and be like oh cool I went on stage and then 10 minutes later that's me done and I don't need to worry about anything else
2: (laughs) yeah and on stage if it goes well it goes well and great and you hope somebody videotaped it and if it goes bad then fine but (laughs) editing (laughs) you have the privilege and the discomfort of micromanaging every second of the video (laughs) and um, it can it can get very intense for me. I'm, I'm already a control freak. So, <laughs> <laughs> did you record your latest
4: album in the lockdown? Then,
2: oh, um, half of it. So I had ever since I got back from filming Drag Race, I've been working on music. And like I said, I'm a control freak. So there were some songs that I just was not pleased with the beat or the mix or something and i had been um you know just being perfectionist about every little detail and then this past summer Lollapalooza asked me to perform and to give a 15 minute set and it gave me a reason to finish the album and like say okay it has to be done by this time yeah so i i let go of some of the um worrying and just put out what i felt was ready
1: because that's it because you released uh, tea party as a single in 2018 wasn't it and then obviously it kind of appears on the album in 2020 like you know (laughs) did you find yourself still playing with it you know even after it was a single
2: yeah i even put a (laughs) remix on the album because i was like you know what it would be really great if lucy was on this song (laughs) and so
4: i'm glad you did because it makes it like just even better than it already was
2: she knows how to remix a track yeah (laughs) she's good (laughs) her voice is great it's it's so soothing it's great for tracks yeah
0: and when it comes to Tea Party, so I've got a question about that. Is that when you were writing it and naming it, is it simply called Tea Party because it's kind of like a play on tea, which is obviously a drag word? Or is it actually a little bit more politically motivated and relevant, <laughs> like, in terms of things like the revolution and stuff like that? Because we know that you're quite a politically minded queen as well. So is yeah. there any...
2: I wish that there was but there really isn't uh, <laughs> tea, tea Party is a it's it's a really magical song because I wrote it about oh God almost ten years ago when I was you know newly like twenty one and just imagining the type of person I wanted to be in the club and the kind of queen I wanted to be. I barely started drag and I was just talking about like being this bad bitch and doing these things. I didn't know what the hell I was talking about i one of the lines I say, Vixen been tripping, I think she don't it. I had never touched a drug. You know, just like, <laughs> just literally, just n- no idea what I was talking about. And then a couple years later, I was at a tea dance, which is kind of like a, like a day circuit party kind of thing. And I was standing on top of a, a go-go box and performing and tea party came back into my head and I was like, oh my God, I did it. I'm here. <laughs> 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 um, and I so it's, it's kind of cool that like uh yeah about 10 years ago i um had a prophecy about who i was going to be and here i am
4: (laughs) that's amazing that makes me like the song even more because like it's a good track
2: so i know that it's like 10 years in the making any of the lyrics i didn't change anything about it from the first time i wrote it and i'm exactly that person
0: (laughs) yeah i think uh, as well when you listen to the album there's like one song that stood out for me because it was like so different to the rest of the album and it had this lovely like sorely kind of jazzy feel to it and that was We, Mm -hmm. Um, how did that come about?
2: We is pretty much the most personal song on the album, Uh, it's about my ex-boyfriend and um, he's like kind of pretty much been there with me throughout my whole drag career up until the year after Drag Race we split up and it, um, it doesn't really match the album but it felt right to kind of acknowledge the journey that we went on in the span of my career as well because the album really does kind of touch on different aspects of my career and um my love life was one of them and so having a person there who was very supportive and at one point he was my assistant and all of these things um it felt right to acknowledge that and include it because it's a part of my journey and um that's why in the song "In we i say i'm afraid if I don't stay, you're going to say that I'm ungrateful uh, because he really did. He helped. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have made it without him. He really helped me get to this point. And it's his favorite song in the album. So I'm glad I did something right.
1: <laughs> I like albums that finish with a kind of melancholy song because it kind of brings you back to this. You know, obviously, we've got the remix of Tea Party afterwards, but it's I like it that it ends the album with this kind of very personal note because the album is about yourself. You know, it's you know, as much as a good album it is, it's the fact of this is the vixen in musical form.
2: Yeah, thank you. I um yeah, every song is a different aspect of me but um through the lens of my drag and I think we more so touches on like my human everyday life and um the behind the curtain experience. So that's why the music is very stripped down and there's a lot of instruments but it's not you know a dancey synthesized kind of Mm. thing and um there's not a lot of layers it's not a lot of harmony we just wanted to i just wanted to say what i wanted to say to him
1: Uh, i'm not going to talk about my favorite just yet but i just wanted to point out the the how good the track magic is it's like it's so smooth it's so you know it's you know i really like listening to it but it's the fact of like i love the sentiment of it where it's like you know you shouldn't i don't know be some someone you're not in order to please someone else like you don't need to conform in order to be successful i mean like it's got the lyric um what was it uh, a land for queens where we don't compete like is that a criticism of anything in particular or... <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> subtle no, hint.
2: definitely. yeah so magic is and i love that you brought that up uh magic is uh the one song that i wrote kind of In post, I wrote it after I was asked to do Lollapalooza. um, And I had been stewing on the lyrics. I can go where I want, baby. Copacabana, Do What I Want, Baby Abracadabra, you know that my people come from Louisiana. And I like had that in my head for a while and I was like, damn, that's good. And then when they finally asked me to do Lollapalooza, I was like, I have to finish this song. So it's the only song that I wrote in 2020. Yeah, so for me, it was like Black Girl Magic has really been like the bulk of my work post-drag race. And so I was like, if I'm going to present Black Girl Magic to Lollapalooza, which is a very huge music festival in Chicago, then I wanna showcase the girls, but I wanna have a song that allows me to do that in a way that is beautiful and exciting. And so if I if I could make a theme song for Black Girl Magic, that would be it.
3: While um while you while we're talking about the magic track, um I know you've got a music video for it as well. Yes. How how was it filming that? Because it looks really fun. I mean, you, you've got a whole bunch of people there as well, uh, and you're all very scantily dressed and just <laughs> living your best lives, basically. How, how was that to film? Like, how, what was the process of that?
2: It was really fun um we were at a point in quarantine where we didn't know what was safe and what was not um mm-hmm. so we kind of had like the honor system of okay i don't feel sick you don't feel sick okay we're gonna come over and rehearse uh and then okay everybody still feels good and so we were able to um shoot circuit mom production is a great uh production studio here and they helped me build a set and we kind of made our own little like fairy layer, and we um Hmm. i wanted everybody to just like you know because it's black girl magic so just celebrate your skin so i said just wear long hair and we'll get oiled up and we'll wear sequin um towels around us and uh it just was a chance for
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that that overhead lingering shot of you all in the in the golden what did you call them
2: Oh, um, just, it's just a gold sequin fabric.
3: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so you're all draped in the fabric, and you're all looking up, and you can see all of the um, all of the faces, and everyone's different. It's 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 really nice. It's really good.
2: Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I was hoping it's kind of a um, a throwback to a Destiny's Child album cover. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was when I was first um, discovering what I could do with green screen. So we um, so we we're laying on top of a green screen. It was pretty fun.
3: Yeah, I, I see you've got um, four of the videos as well from the album. So were they all kind of made at the same time?
2: Yeah, and... I had a I had a Beyonce Lemonade moment and I um, recorded <laughs> four or five videos. I want okay, so there's Tea Party, um, Magic, mm-hmm. Chicago, and I, I should know my own songs. Um, what was the fourth? Oh, <laughs> it's, it's happening. Break. Yeah, it's happening. So there's four music videos that I did, and we recorded in about. We filmed in maybe one week. I spent about a week of preparing. but I spent back. A, yeah, back to back. Oh, four shit. videos in one week. And then I, I spent a week, you know, preparing, sewing things and finishing my recordings. And then I spent about four days editing every video. Non stop. Oh, you edited them? I edited every video myself with oh, no sweet. <laughs> um, oh. by by the day that it actually came out, I was like a pile of mush. I was so <laughs> so tired, <laughs> but very, very happy. <laughs> If I, had I let anyone else edit, I would have so many notes. You know, no matter yeah. what they did first, you know, there would be a second draft. And so when I do it, there's only one draft because I know what I want.
1: <laughs> so, having done all of this, are you worried about when you do need to work, when, when you can work with an editor again and then you just go, oh, <laughs> you know, now I need to delegate and... Well, I, I have pretty
2: much never delegated. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I am a control freak. I, even with my music, I have... A, when I record, I have a producer and an engineer in the room, but I'm calling all the shots, really. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, uh, they're there. The engineer knows how to do what I want. The producer can add ideas, but at the end of the day, I... I come in with a very clear vision, also because you don't want to waste time in a recording studio because you're paying, you know, by the hour. So I like to come in knowing exactly what I want and just getting it done.
4: You mentioned Chicago. Obviously, it's one of the videos that you filmed. That, for me, is quite quite a raw sort of song about, like, you know growing up in america as a black person yeah. i just want how was that to record because it's it's quite a like personal narrative or at least that's mm-hmm. how i interpreted it and it's really good because there's going to be so many thousands of millions of people out there who can relate to that like yeah. what was that like like going into into a studio and just recording something so real
2: it was it was really really fun and very cathartic but um it was uh it was my first time working with the producer and the engineer that i mentioned mm-hmm. and so um you know, despite what people may think, when you first meet me, I'm, you know, I'm a little quiet, I'm, uh, <laughs> you know, shy, so I come in and I'm like, oh, hi, nice to meet you, yes, I have this track, and then he sets me up in the booth and puts on the earmuffs, and I'm like, South
4: Side, motherfucker, stop. <laughs> <laughs> and <it's> just like,
2: <laughs> so it was very fun to see the producer's reaction, like, oh, okay, this is, <laughs> so it was really great, though, because uh, the people that I work with also have Chicago roots. So they really um, enjoyed it and related to it. I have my producer's name is Mike Jones, which is and he's a hearty straight white man from uh, (laughs) uh, Kansas City. And then um, I have a Filipino engineer who's very hip hop and also straight. And so it was cool for me to see that this song didn't have to play to a gay audience that like, you know, straight men actually hear this song and think, oh, those lyrics are really good or oh, that beat is nice. And so um, and I my favorite is I know that I have uh, 10 brothers and sisters and I have a plethora of cousins and nieces and nephews and it's their favorite song. And so it's like um, for you know me to be presenting my music as a drag queen, um, to have a song that still resonates with um you know the south side and straight people and you know my my tough brothers uh that was i'm very proud of it it's great
4: because obviously you've got that side of it and then anybody who watches drag race immediately goes bitch i'm from chicago yeah and it's like it's such a it's such a good mixture of music to me um yeah, but yeah I, I, that's one of my favorites on the album not gonna lie um i hey. that was the that was the first one when i gave it the first listen that one went straight in my playlist, my oh, yeah. playlist. that's going in there because it's just it's just raw and beautiful to me
2: Thank you. Yeah, I really wanted to um, I wanted to be able to kind of align, you know, the quotes that you know of me from Drag Race with my like real life experience. I say, you know, like they poke at us and call it a test. Bitch, go have your cigarette. And so it yeah, kind yeah. of like... <laughs> I lived for that.
1: We have okay. that on uh, the track with Dida where it's, um, you're just kind of getting all of the references out at once kind of thing. And it's actually quite a funny little segue into... What is it? It goes into give a bitch a break and then it goes into yeah. Chicago? Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, Dina is one of those queens that I first met when I started drag. And so she's a perfect example of... Um, like a chicago queen experience and like the um you know we've all been through the rigmarole of like dealing with bars and dealing with um you know covers and fees and being in a dressing room and like everything's chaotic and so give a bitch a break is really about you know like the working the working queen and um you know uh you know just you know just girls are just trying to make a dollar we're just trying to (laughs) clock out like everybody else (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> was the music like intentional? Because I, what I found with it is that basically the music is kind of, it's uneasy. It's got those like queasy kind of bells and it's got this kind of drunken feel to it. And the pro- and with the lyrics, I was kind of imagining it's that, you know, we've all had it where it's, you're a bit drunk at the end of the night and you're trying to get your money out of this bloody promoter who's, you know, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know he's hiding in a cupboard somewhere and you're just like, come exactly. on.
2: <laughs> was yeah, that intentional
1: and, uh, or am I just making that? No, up?
2: you're spot on. Um, I remember telling the producer so I was like I wanted to feel like a strip club I wanted to feel you know like I want you to think of like dollars falling when you hear the music and that's why we had strippers in the video and um, me Lucy and Dita have traveled quite a bit and there's been quite a few altercations where I should say instances or altercations where um (laughs) where you know like where a promoter didn't want to pay us or try to you know shirk us from paying us what they owed us hmm. and i had to you know i had to fix it up on
1: them. <laughs> <laughs> <I think laughs> so, bitch, you're a... from chicago no yeah, one wants to right. be on the receiving
3: end of that no one needs to be on the receiving end of that <laughs>
1: but it <laughs> you know, makes yeah.
3: great tv oh yeah 100%. yeah
2: and sh- here in chicago we kind of had to build you know like our own union of chicago queens who were demanding to be paid and who were demanding you know more than just a drink ticket and uh it took you know it takes some camaraderie a- amongst the queens to say hey i'm not going to take this you shouldn't take yeah. that and there's always some young girl who's willing to do it for less but uh um i think when you're looking for quality you'll, you'll pay for it
0: well yeah that's what's that saying? if you if you pay peanuts you get monkeys so if you don't like pay people properly then you're not going to get the best idea.
2: exactly yeah
3: so. i love the idea of a drag queen union by the way yeah we kind I'm of here
2: have here in chicago now we have um we now we started the chicago black drag council
1: i love that name as well <laughs> nice. yeah that, uh, that has to have a logo council. It needs a badge yeah oh.
2: it's a it's a we're a very intimidating bunch um the bars are quite you know with everything going on with the black lives matter movement the bars are quite um at our beck and call at this point <laughs> as they should be yes <laughs>
3: promoters quaking in their boots as they hear the click clack of the heels of the council yeah. just walking into the
0: room. <laughs> That's it. To yeah. be fair, Chicago is also like known on and off drag race for having mm. uh, a really diverse and very strong drag scene as well.
2: Yeah, and it, it's queens like Lucy Stool and Dita Ritz and um, Bambi Banks, uh, who are my main <laughs> girls, who, um, you know, have really like, you know, just Put in the work and put in the ethics, and but also like stood for what they deserve. That has kind of led to a the strong culture, and I think it takes having a scene that cares about its reputation. We always say Chicago is, you know, kind of known for its like fights, but typically. If there's a if there's a scuffle in the Chicago drag scene, it's typically someone new moved here and they didn't obey the rules.
1: <laughs> <laughs> My favorite song on the album, which I think is probably the most political, is like "Air uh, Unicorns." I, I love this song. Like, but it you know because it, it's got the line like "end up in jail for looking like you look," and you're like, that's a mood and a half. <laughs> yeah. Like you know you say that you wrote most of the album before twenty twenty. And, you know, but it's even out of the context of, you know, what happened in 2020 with the Black Lives Matter movement. I mean, and the unfairness of how black people are treated in society, like all of us LGBT types can relate in some way to, you know, being persecuted simply because of how you look. Yeah,
2: definitely. Um, So Unicorns is very special because I wrote it in high school.
1: Wow. (laughs)
2: So I was in high school. We were doing a play called Twilight, which was um, about the Rodney King riots. So very, mm. um, very similar to what's going on today. We we're doing a play about the Rodney King riots, but most of the cast was from my high school show choir. So we kind of begged to do a song. We really wanted to do a song for mm. the play, but it, it was just a straight play. And so I came up with the lines. Thought it was the land of the free, my brother. Guess they wasn't saying it to me, my brother. <laughs> and. Um, and so, um, yeah, I've just kind of built on that over the past 20, 15 years. Um, so, um, uh, so, yeah, unicorns is, I, it, it's not the most um, pop song on the album, not the most, I knew it wouldn't be the most popular, but I knew that it was the most pertinent to what was going on.
1: What does unicorns mean in the context of the song? Because I was wondering, is it is it for like black gay people? Is it just black people in general or am I way off the mark with it?
2: Oh, yeah, I guess I I guess I never really spelled that out. I need to do a video for unicorns because that would really help sell the image. <laughs> it's going to be a lot um, of editing. So I, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> So um, the line is, they just want to be unique. They just want to be unicorns, ah, and um, right. and so um, it's basically kind of about cultural appropriation and um, just white people doing everything that they can to be other. Just finding some minority about themselves, so that they, <laughs> so that they can be a part of the minority conversation. They just want to be unique. They just they're just looking for a way to be on the other side of the conversation.
0: <laughs> well, right. I mean, you can see, you can see that happening at this very moment in time. So if you, oh, yeah. you look at people who are like wearing masks, they, they'll they'll do anything to yeah. be like I'm getting discriminated against. And it's well, it's not discrimination actually. Right. So, yeah. But the, I fully understand that reference to saying that like there's people that will do anything. To kind of fit into a minority, when actually yeah. it's, it's not your time. Sit
2: down, like yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. It's like with all of the great things that comes with privilege, you also have to answer for your privilege and that's the last thing that a privileged person wants to do is admit that they have privilege yeah so i find i find a lot of people trying to align themselves with some sort of minority group so that they can say that they're also being oppressed <laughs> and um yeah. that's what unicorns is you're just you just want to be a unicorn so bad <laughs> Yeah.
1: because <laughs> the problem is that we have so many like you know, where we're looking at everything, like we're even looking at stuff like, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement in the, from the sense of going oh yeah, but how do white people feel about this and, you know, yeah, and and it's the idea of going well we can't really talk about it we you know we like as a white person i can't really talk about how a black person feels in you know the context of america or in the context of the uk so the all i can do is use my privilege to kind of step aside and be like and listen to this person who does know what they're talking about
2: and the sad part is is if you are a person who's in a position of power and privilege instead of making yourself a minority so that you can complain as well, use your privilege, use your privilege to solve the problem. That's, (laughs) that's the point of having, you know, power is to do something good with it. But I think a lot of people would rather give up their power so that they can also complain you know mm. growing up there was a million things that i did or didn't do because i was like well one day you might want to run for president mm. and it was in the last four years i had started doing all those things i didn't do because i was like i do not want to be president ever
3: <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah so, with, with an example like that you don't want to be you, it's something you don't want to be involved with really
2: yeah and um, i think politics today are just such a thing and especially after you know experiencing being the public eye on drag race i'm like the last thing i want is to be under more scrutiny and more rigmarole and so i you know like that's why not that's why i was not shy and was able to do only fans because i was like well i'm never going to run for president so here look at my dick i don't care <laughs>
3: <laughs> live your best life ooh, ooh, ooh.
0: So when you when you first came into Drag Race your opening uh, tagline was uh, I just I'm here to fight I came to fight. Um did I say that? Did you say that? I said that. You said yeah. that?
1: <laughs> I don't it's
0: <laughs> What's drag race? do you know what for a second there I was genuinely questioning my drag race knowledge and that's the first i was just watching season 10 the other day as well so i, oh, I adore this you back. have
2: it fresh in your mind yeah
0: head, yeah i mean I to think- be fair i've watched it about 50 times
2: since it, it yeah. came out so mm. yeah i have not i have not i what <laughs> I I tried to watch and I I could not get past the first episode because just knowing everything that was coming was so so much anxiety for me. At least watch the episode where you win, though. I've gotten to that point. But even in that episode, they they ended it so well to look like I'm going to fail the whole time. Mm. And then it's just at the end that it flips. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's very tense. I remember the first when the show first aired that second episode that i went my mom was calling me frantically because she's like what is going to happen she was so <laughs>
1: nervous
0: <laughs> well there was like the the moment so uh when you what the the kind of meme worthy moment where you were like too big to uh-huh. aquaria everyone uh-huh. like fully was from what i read online and watching everyone was like fully behind you because that that very moment in time you were like i'm not here for any bullshit Um, yeah was was what we saw in that moment on television actually how it all kind of happened
2: yeah um so it was just kind of flabbergasting because you know when we were first sitting down to do our makeup and ironically enough at the makeup station me aquaria and eureka had decided to sit together because (laughs) 'Cause what could go wrong? Um, Choices. Because
1: <laughs> you hadn't so, seen the rest um, of the season yet.
2: <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, and so we all sat together and Aquarius was the one who said, like, oh my god, turn around. There's like Crackers doing the same makeup as me. And then in Untouched, you know, she like brought it up and like was saying, you know, Monet asked her, like, Are you bothered? And she says, I'm kinda bothered. And then we get to the moment where she's in front of Miss Cracker and she goes, Well, someone brought up that you were doing the same makeup. No, not someone. You brought up that you yeah. were doing the same All makeup. Shit. And she's like, But I'm not bothered. No, no, no. Twenty minutes ago you were very bothered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, because it's split between two episodes, but we, we were just in untucked and then they walk oh, us yeah. to the next room and suddenly it's not a big deal. Yeah. And um, <laughs> For me, it was just kind of frustrating because, you know, I was on Aquarius' side. She had convinced me that this was an issue and that, you know, Cracker had this ill intention of like copying her. And I had met Miss Cracker before the show, too. And so I thought well of her. And then I was convinced, like, oh, Cracker's bad. She's copying Aquaria. We're going to get her. Not my girl. And then, so here it comes, and Corey is like, oh, no, nothing, no, no, no. And I'm like, wait, 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 you can got me all riled up. (laughs) 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 And now it's not an issue. No, 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 we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it right now. (laughs) She got your moral
3: compass pointing straight up. And then (laughs) let you, you, blue balled you with it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, But the the funniest thing um, is that when she first started lying to Cracker's face, I looked at Eureka and was like, girl, that's not what happened. And Eureka is the one who was like, say something. Oh, (laughs) shit. So from day one, I have been set up to fail by (laughs) those two.
0: (laughs) 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 Well, you mean like Eureka had like a bit of a tumultuous rollercoaster of a relationship? Like, uh, um, Like, (laughs) (laughs) Um, once again like when things on television are kind of half true half half edited and half produced like what what was your relationship actually like when you were together
2: oh so yeah like I was saying me Eureka Mayhem and Aquaria kind of um I guess saw each other as like fifth competition like we were like oh yeah we're we kind of like really believed in each other that we would do well so that's why we yeah. sat together doing the makeup because we we're like we're going to be here for a while let's like so we kind of clipped up and being that now with um with candy Muse, that's it's not working to her best advantage on drag race but you're seeing you know drama gets airtime <laughs> yeah
0: i think yeah. as well relating to candy Muse, it's like last year there was like some uh instagram Uh, lives that were going ahead where they were kind of like dishing it out and I think that I think people have then potentially that the producers and stuff of the show have kind of seen that that was a thing and that's how she can be and I think sometimes they kind of guide her into being in that position.
2: Yeah. Oh, I, I, I knew exactly what was happening when Candy like kind of first popped off, because when I had that too vague moment with Aquaria, when we all went back to our station, three cameras followed me. Oh. And I was like, oh, I have done it now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and so it's almost, it's almost encouraging
2: role. you to be bad, you know, it's like, yeah. you, oh, you're yeah. kind of like, you're like, OK, well, well, I want the camera time. And it seems like the producers like what I'm doing, so I guess I'll keep doing it. But it's it takes um, kind of, like, divine intervention for you to know when to flip the switch. And um, I think in this last episode, Candy has kind of, like, flipped the switch and calmed down, so I'm happy for her. But she's, like, she's kind of taking the note of, like, okay, I don't need to do that every yeah. day. Yeah. Well,
0: since we're on the topic of uh, season 13, uh-huh.
2: uh, who, who are the queens that you're watching this season? Oh, I am... Um,
1: Obsessed,
2: obsessed with Simone. Um,
1: Amazing. Just,
2: yeah. uh, I just I flabbergastedly obsessed up uh, Simone and Taste are like on my oh, on my yeah. altar. We'll get on to taste. Day.
4: We'll get on yeah. to taste trust. <laughs> yeah, we'll get on
2: trust. Um and then of course I'm like I'm very happy for and Kimura mm-hmm. has already um you know, uh, but yeah, my Chicago queen, yeah. so Kimora and Denali. Candy, I've known um, from the House of Aja way before season nine. Um, so I'm rooting for Candy as well Um yeah, and all the girls are very, very likable. Because um, if, I, if I go on, I'm going to name everyone. But yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think uh,
0: the good thing for me this year as well was uh, you always kind of feel bad for the first person to go because you never really get to see what they can do. And I think that this year, the, a lot of people were bored, like, oh, my God, send someone home already. But I think what <laughs> the th- one thing that I did do was offer the opportunity to see more than just one side of a queen.
2: So I really think I think that it was great that they um, you know kept the girls for a couple episodes and um, let, got let us learn everybody and kind of understand like what the queens were giving. But I think we're due for about a double elimination at this point. Yeah, there's there's just too many girls, and I'm I'm ready to get to the nitty gritty of the competition. Um, I think so, a yeah. double elimination would be good at this point.
3: I think I think it would inject a bit of drama as well. Oh yeah. 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 As long as it, as long as it's not
4: Olivia, because I love Olivia right now. I love Olivia. She's so Olivia kind. is
2: and if I I'm not gonna I don't wanna spoil anything. I don't oh, know hurry. anything. But Olivia is my projected top four. Olivia and Simone are in Ten. the top four. Yeah.
4: If Simone if Simone doesn't win at this point, I'm gonna be mad. Yeah. Not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> I love It'll... I love a lot of them, but she's
2: my outright current winner. It almost feels like Simone is in a different competition. Like
4: mm-hmm. she's like like I, Simone's like, drag race. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she, it's like
1: she just looks so good all of the time. All you the just, time. Everything yeah. she does. You hey. want her to have a bad look, just so you can be like, Oh she's human. I don't you know. I, I don't.
2: Like, I am fine with her not I, being human. <laughs> I feel like I feel like she's not gonna have, have to lip sync for her life at any point until the very end. I think she's gonna you know, sail straight through. Um, I don't know.
4: I think we might have a Brooklyn Heights moment where there's like so so good, then one week she dips and then it's straight back up. And I yeah. think it, oh, no. it might—it might not even be that she's that bad. It'll just be for the drama. For the drama, yeah. yeah. But she will um, not. There's no way she'll leave. No yeah, way, on the
1: no I always find it a bit of a shame when you get a queen who's so good that they never have to lip sync. So you go through the whole season without being like, "Oh, I don't know how good you are in a lip sync for your life," because you've never actually yeah. been in the bomb. So
2: yeah, that's why I'm glad that they do the like musicals and performances. So we still get a chance to see them perform, just yeah. not under the crazy stakes because um, I felt that way about Shea who in season nine. I thought that she was good enough that she didn't need to be in the bottom. I think they just really wanted to send Nina home and no one had been able to send Nina home at that point. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but it was sad because then it put a, it put a smirk on Shay's track record. Right.
4: Mm. Um, didn't make a difference. Cause she, difference. I'm glad she didn't win season nine because she needed to be an all-star. Like I wanted, <laughs> I wanted the extra season of Shay. Like at the time I was like, Damn it, she deserved it. But then I was like, no, because she comes back.
2: Yeah, this is and that's better. Yeah, and she came back even stronger and even more undefeatable. She yeah. she
4: is one of the most beautiful, talented creatures. Not even just for RuPaul's Drag Race, just to walk the earth. Absolutely. I love her.
0: I love her a lot. And I think the queens that were there for All Stars must have about shat themselves when she walked. Like, when oh, they yeah. walked in, and she was there, like,
2: hey, the black folks may as well go home. Yeah, I would I would have made a U turn just through, in and out. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah. While we're talking about people coming back, have you watched the latest episode of U- uh, Drag Race UK? Uh,
2: no, I just saw the clips of the um, UK hunt, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which I thought were really really good. But I haven't I haven't seen the episode yet. It's kind of hard for us to uh, watch it here.
1: Mm. Oh have yeah, you heard the track
2: though. I've heard the track. It's
3: very good. I was about to say. As a musician yourself, what do you think? I, I, was it produced by MNEK? Yeah, it was.
2: Yeah. Oh, I love, I love, I love, I love, love them too. ek is really, really good. Um, mm, I really liked, of course, I live for Tasis verse, and um, Bimini's verse is very, very good as yes. well. Um, yeah. I'm trying to remember. In the second group, I can't remember which verse stood out for me, but that, I think, I think Tia. the first group really yeah. like. So I, Tia's verse was very good. Yeah, I I, I,
1: I was watching it and I was like, oh, it's so obvious. that Tia's group is good. Well, um joe black's group is going to win because it's like you know they're they're a girl group they seem to get on really really well and then when it came to it you were like well you failed at that that wasn't brilliant uh, you know so, yeah. and it was a shame because you know like because you had people like taste and bimini just stepping up like stepping up to the yeah. plate and just knocking down the park and then you had kind of tia propping up the other group i felt the
2: whole group yeah Yeah. it's not enough to just be one strong verse if it's gonna be Mm. you need two quarterbacks (laughs) oh yeah yeah
3: yeah. I love that you could hear Bimini's accent and voice throughout the whole track, even in the like um ensemble bit, you could just hear it and you're just like, Oh, yep, yep there's Bimini. So yeah. I'm here for it. I,
4: I absolutely like Bimini was a slow burner for me, but I mm-hmm. I'm rooting for her now
3: completely. Oh, yes. oh yeah. yeah. I think
0: actually Bimini for me is like the under apart from my first look for Nottingham and yeah. uh, not yeah. Uh she's like the understated. Kind of like fashionista of this yeah. season. Oh yeah. Uh, when she did the the blue dress, and then mm-hmm. when she came on in uh, at the sea look, it was just so, like, yeah, divine. yeah. That was
4: fabulous. I was yeah. love that. I uh, the the week the looks this week, it was a really fun challenge. I think, but for me, when taste walked onto that runway, oh. I, I I paused it. I just paused it for a second to take it in because yeah, I, did, I just
2: scrolled, I just scroll I scroll through on the Drag Race uh bbc instagram to see all the girls looks and it's like you know everybody's kind of cappy with the mm. is it the fish and chi- the chips with yeah. the ketchup oh, yeah that was a common theme which i thought was you know unique and interesting but when taste came around that corner it was like, uh-huh. oh why would you do anything else <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> To be fair, I I love Joe Black's uh, outfit. Like I love the you know like yeah. the, the theatrics it was so of it. Good. I laughed
0: I, so ferociously when he walked around that corner.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I can't tell you. you know when he's like r- blowing across the stage. It's it's just a shame mm. that like that was the only good thing he did that episode. Yeah. which is horrible mm. to say, but it's the fact of you know you know he was in my um he was in my top four when we uh you know. Looked at the introducing the queens, and we said, Oh, who are we going to win? And I have no one left in the competition. I just want to point that out. Thank you, Veronica, for getting COVID. Um, And I didn't know about that. You all knew about that, I'm assuming, uh, ahead of time. And I I sort of watched the episode. I watched the episode on like Friday, and I was like, that's why they were laughing, because <laughs> I yeah. have no one in the competition
4: anymore. <laughs> to um, be fair, if if she hadn't went home with COVID, I think she would have gone far.
1: Well, fingers so... crossed for next season. Can I carry it on to next season? Just as a... I I
4: mean, we'll start again. <laughs> yeah, he can keep her.
1: But I was like, I was really excited for Joe Black because the, the he's someone that I knew well before the competition, and Ooh. I had no doubts about his talent. Mm-hmm.
4: I don't and think anyone's just... got, got doubts about his talent though. It's That's... just he's not a drag race performer like joe black is so he's not a competition kind of drag queen Mm. he he is there's nobody that i know in this country that does joe black and does that thing He just released his own line of gin for christ's sake which (laughs) i don't know anyone else in the drag world that's released their
2: own alcohol there's a lot of really great queens that aren't great drag race queens like drag race Mm. is a has a specific lens and a specific idea of what drag is, and you know you're being judged by these producers' standards, and um, you have to be able to play the game in their way. I mean, I came into the show knowing what they wanted and just not willing to give it to them. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> um, and I think there's, I think there's some queens like I think Shay is a really good example of someone who knows what they want and gives and gives the people what they want and. You know, and it it works beautifully, and we enjoy to watch it. Um, I think it's okay to not be a drag race queen. Like, um, season seven of U.S. Drag Race, um, so many of the queens who got, like, slammed in the season went on to be wildly successful afterwards. Yeah,
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. That's it. It's you know, and it's good that they've had this platform. The same with Ginny Lemon, where the fact of, you know, they're, they're not drag race queens, but they've been able to have that, that audience so that now, you know, everyone's going to be like looking at what they're doing and following them. And
3: Yeah. So you touched on it for a second before about the fishing ships, but Horror and Sisters outfits, mm-hmm. when they both came around that corner, were in the same... Fish and chips wrapped in newspaper. I was shook. I was shook. I was quaking. I, I, I didn't know. Like, what 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 would you have done if someone came out when a rip-off of your outfit, basically? Well,
2: did you know that if you um, take a can of hairspray with a lighter...
1: <laughs> <laughs> you
2: can
1: just incinerate something. Oh, you say? Oh, oh you're mm-hmm. so pragmatic. <laughs> so creative. Because <It's> <laughs> yeah,
3: they, I mean, they even said that um, she was going to do Pamela Anderson. Yeah, Pamela Anderson number.
2: Like a Baywatch well, kind of thing? Yeah,
3: yeah. Red, red swimsuit, big blonde wig, big busty boobs. But then they had that seven-month break, and then obviously sister came back with a new outfit, new teeth, a new face everything and that same hair. Just that. Um, continuity, dear
1: continuity. <laughs> I'm just saying, you spend a lot of money, and then and then that's the decoration, right? <laughs> the shade. God. Do we think that it was a copy? Because I'm kind of in yes. the court of going, maybe it could have been like. Because I think of like chips when I think of the seaside and stuff, so maybe it could have been a coincidence.
4: No, the 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 fact that they'd all been in the room together seeing each other's looks for a good few weeks before the break and you can't hide a giant fish and chip cone <laughs> like you, you really cannot hide that in very a workroom. because it's like sparkly dress sparkly dress bikini bikini wig literal giant chip
2: yeah <laughs> going to get suspicious. Yeah, yeah mm. there is um on season 10 i was planning for the best drag runway which was episode 2 i was planning on um wearing this giant caution tape boa that i had made with a um kind of trash bag caution tape dress that i had with it because you know that's my thing i make unconventional materials i'm sure it i've seen so you happen. wear that once or something huh? similar once yeah have you worn that to a to a black girl magic before it's in the uh in the chicago video yeah you had seen it so um but it just so happened that the first episode was an unconventional materials episode, and Yuha mm-hmm. made a caution tape dress so that I was no longer allowed to wear my caution tape dress. Uh, <laughs> um, but it worked out to my advantage because I ended what? up wearing my flame dress for the second episode and i won <laughs>
4: exactly yeah so you can't complain too much so yeah. just who who do you think then who are your predicted winners for season three and uk season two 13 oh, Yeah. And two. yeah. yeah 13, uh,
2: 13, i don't know season I, think 5, I think it's going to be taste and it's going to be simone i, yeah. could, see, I could see them in i'm the, happy I could see with them that the <laughs> i first I think... um kind of got hyper aware of taste when she was in the bottom with the bloody look um, oh, yeah. That's when oh. I first was like, okay, what the hell is going on? Um, and so I think even in the bottom, she found a way to be iconic be at the top. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah. I feel like taste is like Simone. Like even in a mini challenge, she just looks so stunning all the time. Like she yeah. never looks like she's in quick drag. She always looks no. like she's So I think the that impeccable quality is going to carry her
4: yeah it's amazing like it's like is it i can't remember if it was rue that said it it was one of the judges it might have been ross actually if you're going to be a bottom be a power bottom yeah (laughs) she she was (laughs) absolutely like she 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 was so so much of a power bottom that she basically became a top We've got we've got a little game to play then. So since we've okay. been on the subject of Drag Race, this is going to be a game themed around Drag Race, surprisingly enough. Um, and because our guest this week is The Vixen, the game is called Hashtag Too Vague. So we're going to play a little game, and it's going to be a head-to-head game. So it's Ooh. going to be The Vixen versus one of our girl cast. And I've nominated Scott this week because, other than myself, he's the best person to go up against a Drag Race uh, queen <laughs> for a Drag Race-based quiz. I mean, How yeah, now? Got a little surprise, um, because in the great tradition of RuPaul's Drag Race UK and the Rupita badges, we have customized—and I say we, I mean Michael—has customized a badge that is now a stupider
2: badge.
4: <laughs> so from now onwards, if you beat the contestant we're going against, uh, this week's guest, you will win a golden stupider badge. And it will oh, be well. sent out in the post, and nobody can buy them. It is exclusive oh, to cool.
3: is... us. posted it in the chat for us to have a quick little preview.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm really excited.
3: It
4: is <laughs> super cute. Um, if you win, it will be sent out straight away in the post to you. If you lose, we will make a version of it, but it won't be a golden one. Oh. So you will still you will still get one. So Vixen, don't worry, you're going to get one either way. But it might be just uh, you've came on the podcast. But I should not. That. Oh. A
2: participation. participation. Yeah.
4: Oh yeah. Partici- yeah. The world has become like participation race. trophies. <laughs> just like drag race. <laughs> no, ours is better because I was means something like drag race. <laughs> it's, got, it's got more value because there'll be less of them. And you'll actually give it to us. That's
2: I amazing. will actually get. Yeah, you can <laughs> actually you know, keep ours. Did you not get it? No, you, know, you hold it and then you put it back Ooh. on the shelf. <laughs> That's the biggest reveal I've ever heard.
0: I'm devastated. <laughs> oh I'm oh ready, my god. You've been tomorrow.
1: refreshing Ooh. eBay for months now, haven't you, Scott? <laughs>
4: oh yeah. my god. So, the premise of this is I'm going to give you some catchphrases from Drag Race, um, and they are going to be a little bit too vague because I'm not going to finish them. Your job is to finish that quote. I don't need to know who said it, because that would go on forever. You'll have 60 seconds each, um, so I need someone to time. Can I can I know time. Him? And then yes. whoever isn't timing is keeping score. Getting limber so, here. i got to be ready. <clears throat> um, Velvet, will you keep score if Michael shall, takes time?
1: I I I can count up to 12. So I
4: know I'm educated. Well done. <laughs> as our, um, so as the special guest, we'll start with the vixen um so what it'll be i will give you a quote you finish it off if you get it right you get a point if you get it wrong you don't get the point you can skip it if you're unsure but i don't imagine that's going to be a problem okay so two one go so come on season six let's get
2: sickening correct girl look how fucking orange you look
4: yes <laughs> i think about you all the time especially at the bus stop yes <laughs> fuck my drag yes I feel... Very attacked! <laughs> That's a lot of emotion, for.
1: Oh dear, we've had some technical difficulties here. We lost a few of the Vixen's answers. She got them all right, though. Clever bitch.
4: No tea, no shade.
2: No pink lemonade. Yes! <laughs> Brown cow. Daddy! Yes! Oh, Jesus. Gross.
4: Yes! But your dad... No, 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 skip. Too vague. Boom! Ah, <laughs> uh, you're out, you're out, you're out. I've just, but your dad just calls me Katya. Oh.
3: Uh, oh, good one. one, good one. That's
1: a stunning eleven points for the vixen.
0: Ooh. Do you know what? That's not bad for sixty seconds. Can I just point out as well, though, that um, that's a lot of emotion for safe. Really threw me. Same. <laughs> but so, it I think was,
4: that's it, the was only one that I moment. had a pause on. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, have we restarted the timer, Scott? The score is eleven. I'm to... really <laughs> Pressure's on, Scott. High okay. stakes. There's That's a it. Stu Peter badge it. in it for you. Yes. I can't wait. I can't wait. You better. You better post pictures. They're going to be all over the internet. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the envy wa- of the drag race community. <laughs> Damn right. Okay.
4: Are we ready to go?
3: We are ready to go.
4: Excellent. So three, two, <sighs> one. Um, you're perfect, you're beautiful.
0: You look like Linda Evangelista.
4: Yes. You're a model. I, I'd like to.
0: Uh, keep it on, please.
4: Yes. The shade, the shade. Of it all? Yes. If it ain't green.
0: I ain't smoking it. Nope. No, I ain't interested. Interested. Ah, oh shit.
4: The key to a swollen vagina is. Courage. Yes. <laughs> Opulence.
0: Eye on everything. Nope, you earn I... everything. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is a biscuit. Let him stop you up.
4: Yes, at least I am a showgirl,
0: bitch. Go back to Party City where you belong.
4: Yes, well, come on, Tilly Tubby. Teleport
0: me to Mars! <laughs> I'm Roxy Andrews. And I'm here to make it clear. Yes, is the... Pardon? Is the...
4: Next. Attitude check. Fuck you, bitch! <laughs> yes, there's always time for... Too vague. Uh, we'll let you have the last
1: seconds. one. 60 Whoa. seconds. Close, yeah. close. If you hadn't have got that wrong, it's a stunning 10 points for Scott. <sighs> oh. so, <laughs>
4: Vixen is the
3: first winner of the Stu badge. <laughs> oh.
4: Amazing. Oh. Vixen, I'm you'll so get your sick. golden badge in the post. Scott, you'll get your runners-up badge in the post. <laughs> and we'll
1: chuck it at you from a moving vehicle. <laughs> if,
4: if, That was a very good effort though um the one the ones you missed to be fair weren't bad um opulence you got one one word wrong so it's not that bad and if it ain't green i ain't interested oh what
2: was the other one that i skipped is that something on my face Oh, oh. That, one, that one is too vague That question was too vague <laughs> I told you I told you the game was too vague not, I I, That toilet. was just good luck that I got Because I don't mm-hmm. know if I would have gotten all of the ones you did So that's good
0: I think what the Vixen is saying is Stu, out of a gesture of goodwill I should also get a gold ste- nope. No,
2: too vague <laughs> <thanks.
0: laughs> no. I'm not RuPaul This is
4: not all stars We're
0: not having a double crowning
2: What I was saying is that the odds are ever in my face And yet Exactly,
4: <laughs> bitch. Call you Katniss Everdeen, Scott. You may get, you will get another chance in the future. It's going to be a no. weekly competition. <laughs> yes, that was the game. Uh, well done, Vixen. I will. S- well, I won. Michael will send you your customized golden stupider badge in the post. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. How are we oh, Brilliant. Yeah. Yes.
2: How are really. What else do we have oh. to talk about? I'm having such a good time, y'all. so fun. It's yeah. cute. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Honestly, this is this is literally the third episode we've recorded after about a year's worth of break, and it's just really fun to be back. To be yeah. honest,
0: yeah. I mean, it... we gen- we generally would like <clears throat> gather around the table, and I would make about fifty million coffees while we did it. <laughs> so that's the only thing that's really different.
1: <laughs> I, I'm really liking having the webcams cold. on today because I'm living for just watching you, Scott. Like your reactions like you're to not, everything. You're not
3: even here. I need to buy one. I need to get a webcam yeah. so we can see <laughs> your face. So, it's called um, Zaddy for a reason. Uh, that true. makes me feel sick <laughs> and it makes, I had that nickname thrust upon me <laughs> like
1: no no is that not how you like it zaddy bear <laughs>
0: Well, did you know though that a Zaddy is uh, an old, uh, uh, not necessarily an older gay man, but uh, an older gay man than like a twink, um, and mm-hmm. financially successful, but cool and hip apparently. So yeah. there you go. i a so moderately I'll take the accurate compliment. description. I'll take the compliment,
3: but <laughs> whether I agree with it or not is different. <laughs> I can think of yeah. worse stuff.
2: You have you have twink, funk, mm-hmm. Zaddy. Daddy. <laughs> yeah, it's like like Pokemon. Pokemon. It's yeah. <laughs> Pokemon.
0: And I think it's clear that I'm obviously the twink of the group. <laughs>
4: yeah. I think somewhere between twink and twink. Come on, Tom.
0: I don't think I was ever a twink. Ever. I definitely no. was never a twink. <laughs> no. People I think are, I missed that.
2: Especially miss that like more. with um OnlyFans now. I've seen people refer to me as a twink, and I'm like, I'm way too surly to be a twink. Twinks are like, <laughs> happy and
1: I, I think frivolous. twinks are an attitude, whereas a lot of people see it as just a physique. They just kind of go like, oh, well, you know, you're not a bear, therefore you must be a twink.
2: Well, I think people try to put themselves into a box because they want to have a place to belong. Mm. And yeah. then they get territorial about their box. Oh, 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 Um, OnlyFans has been really, really cool. Uh, So it started with me having just an alt Twitter that was, like, for my boy self, um, which was really fun because it kind of gave people a chance to, you know, see me outside of the Vixen and um, just kind of see me as a real person. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, I think, like, love me or hate me, I think people see Vixen as, like, this, like, deity ideal and, like... And it's like a, a loaded word almost. Like you say Bixen, oh, you're that Bixen. Oh, okay. So you have all of these preconceptions. And when you see Tony, you kind of um, can come to it with new eyes. Um, still the same bitch, but you can see new <laughs> eyes. And so uh, it's been really fun to just have a place to express myself as male for really the first time since I was like 23. And even then I was like so androgynous. So to... Um, kind of like really like lean into my cis maleness for the first time has been kind of fun Uh, plus the coin's cute and the coin is cute yeah (laughs) and it's also you know drag queens i think a lot of time don't get seen as sexual beings Mm -hmm. and so um kind of be under them under the male gaze again and to be under um to be considered a sexual person you know um is really thrilling uh but it has uh, had like its own drawbacks. Now I'm in the gym because I've been under the male gaze so much that I'm I'm critiquing my body in ways that I never have.
4: (laughs) But, to be fair, it it doesn't matter what your body type is because as long as you're happy with yourself and bitches are still paying for it, so...
0: Yeah. uh, So when I heard, like, about queens having OnlyFans... This is me, and I don't think I'm a naive person at all. But I 100% thought that they were like, oh, like, so Alaska and Willem did one for the podcast where they weren't only fans doing podcasty stuff. And that's what I thought it was. I didn't realize that it was like um, like naked and like expression. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, they've probably just gone on there to do like tutorials and stuff on a different platform.
2: <laughs> yes. I wish I had thought of that. <laughs> <It sounds> <laughs> <easier>. <laughs> like, is oh, it- no. So I was actually the first Rue Girl to start an OnlyFans. Um, really? Yeah. And it's really because I, I was looking for an excuse to start an OnlyFans. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 I was- I had kind of been flirting with the idea for the past um, year in 2019. I've been talking it over with my friends and they're like, oh, don't do it. You know, like you might want to be president one day. And I'm like, I don't think I do. (laughs) Uh, And so then once um, everything shut down, I was like, well, you guys, I have to start in OnlyFans. I have to make income. But I really just was like itching to show my dick around. (laughs) I
4: mean, why not?
3: (laughs) And if you can get paid for it as well, rather than a nude leak and be like, right, I'm going to take this into control. Yeah.
2: And my if you if your nudes leak, it could be any old nude. So I'm like, let's yeah. put out the good ones. Put first.
3: up the good shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, Curate that, those dick pics.
4: That's the thing. Yeah. If you, if you've put it up, the only ones that are going to leak are if people share them for your only fans. So it's going to be the ones that you've had full control over with good yeah. lighting. And I think yeah. the fact that you started it has been a good inspiration because it's broke the stigma of, Oh, I, I was on TV. What are people going to think? Who cares? It's your body.
2: It's your life. Like. Sasha and,
4: Bell or Frisbee Jenkins, as she's known yeah,
2: now. well, like, before I was worried about, I was like, well, I don't want my news to leak because I want to get on Drag Race, or I was like, mm. I'm on Drag Race, so I'm worried that my news are going to leak. But now yeah. that I've done that, and I'm definitely not going to do it again, then, mm. you know, like, yeah. let's have at it
4: um, I mean, um, once and,
2: one picture's out there,
4: it's out there, isn't it? Like, they're, they're going to be see if they if another one leaks, they've already seen it.
2: Yeah, and um, for me, it's like, you know, especially I think we're at an age now where, you know, all of these blue girls have done it and so even like if like sasha bell was to go on drag race for all-stars or something people would yeah. be like be like a plot point in her storyline You'd be like oh and she also yeah. has it would be make it more marketable and um, exactly which it yeah. should
4: because why why wouldn't it like the thing is every single season people get rated as the trade of the season so there is some level of sexualization anywhere. Yeah, and most of the people that watch it then go online and they're like oh can i find big pictures yeah. it's like no but you can pay for them Right, you know if you want to see this person in that context
2: yeah we get put into such um lady like uh, patriarchal boxes because the Mm. audience is so young and so female so then we um kind of get expected to you know be on our best behavior in this way but you know by and large and through no falls of our, our own most of the cast is you know Grown men who are sexual beings, and so it's um, kind of unfair for us to be expected to live these lives as eunuchs. And so it's good to it's good to be able to you know lean into your sexy. Damn right, and so you should.
1: It's been so so empowering, like to see so many people like starting up, like OnlyFans, and the fact that this isn't this is a conversation we can have now, rather than it being just like, oh well, you don't talk about that. Like you know, we're British. Like the idea, like sex wasn't invented for us until like was it was it the (laughs) forties? Was it the forties yeah. we brought section? Before then, we had the stork coming round, and but then the stork yeah. unionised, and it was a nightmare. And we're still a bit <laughs> iffy about it. So it's great that people can do that, and and especially under lockdown, it's like it's been a source yeah. of income for a lot of people. Because what is it for an OnlyFans? Can you charge whatever you want, or is it like sort of a fixed you
2: can charge whatever you or, want?
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's the idea of like that's good if you have like a hundred people supporting you paying like five quid or a tenner a month then yeah that'll pay your bills
2: yeah and it's good because like everybody has a different experience on drag race so if you're not like a fan favorite but you know you still have you know you might be the trade of the season (laughs) you know for me there's a lot of people who might not have liked me on drag race but they want to see what i'm working with
3: (laughs) (laughs) how did you um so uh, kind of a two-part question First, how did you feel so when you when you first made your OnlyFans fans and obviously putting yourself out there and like you said drag queens typically don't get seen as a sexual being so kind of taking that control back and putting yourself out there and putting yourself under the male gaze especially with a platform already did you have anxiety levels about it were you stressed about it and what was the general reaction when you started to get subscribers in and how did that make you feel
2: Yeah, it was kind of um... It was kind of like a leap of faith. I was like, this is something that I wanted to do because I, you know, I like my body. I know what I'm working with. And I was like, um, I think people will like it. Um, and so it was kind of like, okay, I'm going to rip the band-aid and I'm going to do it. Uh, so that was invigorating. And then to actually like see the numbers go up really fast and um, to see different porn sites and things like kind of make articles about me and stuff was like, oh, this is a fun new enterprise. Um, so it was very exciting. And then different YouTubers started making video critiques of Rue Girls with OnlyFans pages. And I was like, and we're back in hell. Here we go.
3: <laughs> like to a boot, but for take a
2: for... slip. What? Was, uh, <laughs> which is like for me that was that was the first triggering experience. I was like, you know, um because historically I don't have a good reputation with YouTubers. So I was very worried about that. And it was like the last thing I want is for, you know, like fifteen year old girls to be scrutinizing my body on YouTube. Um and so uh that was troubling, but they've all been good reviews, so I'm okay with it now.
0: <laughs> yeah, doesn't she do like a series where it's like, I bought X, Y, and Z's OnlyFans, so you don't have to, or something like that.
2: Right, which is, and that's the most upsetting part, so you don't have to. No, 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 no. let's not put that energy out there. <laughs> <laughs> and it's her personal opinion, what she's into is not what everyone else is into. Right, and you're not even a gay male, so it's really not... Mm it That's wasn't marketing for you in the first yeah, place.
3: yeah. you don't follow my demographic do?
2: yeah <laughs> yeah and then seventh circle of hell alaska and willem started critiquing other brew girls so now you have brew girls critiquing other brew girls only oh, uh, fans i'm like okay get me the fuck out of here but um
0: <laughs> if
2: they critique yeah. it and they hype it it's gonna get you some more money
4: so yeah, even so, if people are, even if people subscribe for a month because they're curious, that's dollar in your pocket for a
1: month. Yeah, yeah. any publicity so is good I've, publicity.
2: So I so I take I took it in stride and I. Filmed it and I, um, I let it go. I was like, you know, this is the business; is what it does. And luckily, I've only gotten good reviews. I, um, you know, I I'm very generous with my content. I put out a lot, and so no one's had anything back to say. So.
1: Well, thank you very much for coming onto the show, The Vixen. Thank you, thank yeah. you. It was so fun. And thanks for, you know, showing us your new album. Yeah, thanks for talking about it with me. I'm like, I haven't, you know, it's tough, uh,
2: promoting online and through COVID, you're not able to tour and, like, perform it the way that I want. So it's good to be able to talk about it. Thank you.
4: Everyone should stream Commercial Break. Um, you know, preferably buy it if you've got the dollar, you know, support, support everyone. Drag artists, regular yeah. queer folk, if you can't. I know personally it's on Spotify it's on iTunes or wherever good music is. I'm guessing you'd want to promote your OnlyFans?
2: Yeah, you can um, if you're a little bit curious you can follow me on Twitter at, at Tony Untucked and if you're extra extra curious you can go to OnlyFans.com slash
1: UntuckedTony Just writing think- that down <laughs> Yeah <laughs> That's Tony with a Y why.
3: Tony, yes, Tony with a Y
1: <laughs> Michael, have you got anything to promote?
3: Yeah, so um, as always, Girl, sponsored by Bad Wear Day, queer clothing for LGBT and everyone else under our umbrella. We also still have Elite Drag launching sometime this year. We haven't got an exact release date, but that is also coming as well. And also, we've taken the old Bad Wear Day blog and we've revamped it into girlnews.com, so you can go there for all of the interviews and spotlight highlights. bye our very own thought Jew <laughs> and Attainment Umbrella Girls mm-hmm. <laughs> and also contributed by the
4: wonderful Lady D and the beautiful Downton Abbey Scott
1: do you know what you can, you
0: can just call her Scott but... no never no.
1: No.
4: no absolutely never and also that that velvet snatch creature I think she she's going to be contributing to sometimes maybe
1: you know? when I've learned how to write you know
2: maybe <laughs> maybe Velcro get okay? Velcro involved baby steps, baby steps. <laughs> can I also say that you can um, if you want to get a Vixen into shirt or go have your cigarette bitch t-shirt or a two vague t-shirt you can go to shop.thevixensworld.com and you can get
1: some merch absolutely hey.
4: anything you can promote promote it go get that coin, yeah, <laughs> get yeah, that yeah. coin. this is covert times
1: uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And as usual, I have to promote VelvetSnatch.com, which will link you to my YouTube channel, because I'm old and still think that TikTok is a character from Return to Oz. <laughs> I, I, I tried, Ivy was telling me that I need to start doing a TikTok, and I opened it up, and then it immediately showed me Anton Deck and I was just like, oh God, do I have to use this? Do I? <laughs> Turn, <really?"> off. <laughs> Turn off. Really? Turn off. So I smashed my phone. Now, you know. Well, thank you, oh, everyone amazing. who's tuned in for this episode. It's been a lot of fun. And thank you very much for the vixen for being our delightful guest thank, yeah, thank you. you so much really for coming you. on <laughs> thank you yeah it was so yeah, fun
2: <laughs>
1: right amazing no, see you all later goodbye
3: bye
1: bye <laughs> i've had it
4: officially officially <laughs>